Hi, Mamoon. Hello, Ilya. My name is Om. The first time I met the two of you was about almost a dozen years ago. You were starting on your VC journeys, and here we are on the same stage talking about what you're doing, you know, what you're up to at Kleiner and Invent, and helping build the future of a very storied firm. So before we get started, let's talk about how the two of you got together and came together at Kleiner. Yeah, we go way back, actually. We go way back. We go actually way back to Frankfurt, Germany, where we grew up together in the 80s and 90s. Um, so, uh, but yeah, fast forward many decades later, uh, I ended up in Silicon Valley uh, as an engineer in the late 90s during the dot-com bubble, reading a lot about your report from, learning a lot from your reporting about the tech industry, and specifically about venture capital as a young engineer. So um, I ended up eventually getting into venture capital because I realized that as an engineer, you could go to business school and then become a venture capitalist, like venture capitalists of the time. So I got into venture capital in 2005, and you know, uh, my first investment ever was in a company called Box, and uh, we ended up having a nice rivalry yeah. where with Ilya, and that's how I first got to know about Ilya, because yeah, I mean, we so I went to middle school with Mamoon's younger sister in Frankfurt, Germany, and then fast forward many years later, I'm a Dropbox, I'm building Dropbox for business. Box is my arch nemesis, and. I hear of Mamoon as this box guy, yeah. Uh, so we kind of had a little bit of a little bit of like a re- distanced rivalry, but ultimately, really wound up uh, meeting and gelling and working together on the board of Slack. Yep, yeah. And so, yeah, we actually the Slack story goes is uh, Ilya was at Dropbox, and I think I think at some point you wanted to buy Slack while you're at Dropbox. Multiple, multiple times. Multiple times. Successfully. Yeah. Should have done it. And Stuart's like, there's this guy at Dropbox, Ilya, I love him. He needs to be our pro- chief product officer at Slack. And ultimately, you ended up uh, coming to our side. Yeah, so I wound up uh, leaving Dropbox, going to Index Ventures to help build out the West Coast presence there. Wound up investing in Slack and uh, joining the board and, and working with an incredible uh, group of people there. And, and really, um, you know, on these big boards, uh, because it was really everybody was on the board of Slack, essentially. Uh, you wind up uh, just meeting a lot of people and, and really finding people you connect with and, and see eye to eye on things around you know, running the business, how you uh, speak, how you connect with the founder, when you speak, when you don't speak. And I just always thought, you know, there's just one guy on that board, Mamoon, and he says stuff that like, makes a lot of sense, and I, I agree with it. Uh, and we kind of see very much eye to eye. Um, and um, you know that really kicked off a, a great relationship. We wound up co-investing in Intercom together. Wound up competing on a bunch of deals where you know he beat me on one of them. That was a little, little painful. And I was like, no, oh, this, this guy's you know he's got something. Yeah. Uh, but I was quite annoyed though because <laughs> you were too competitive too quickly as a venture capitalist, and uh, it dawned on me like I need to team up team up with Ilya, and uh, I think I made an attempt. Uh, yeah, we went for a walk in, in Palo Alto. We, we you know, get together, connect, hang out, talk about just you know, what does what kind of an ideal venture capital firm look like if you built it from the ground up? What are some of the kind of core tenets of what we would like to, to build and, and espouse? And uh, I think we were walking down the street, and it was by a little park, and Mamoon turned to me. He's like, hey, like, what, do you, what do you think about uh, joining social capital? And I, just, I kind of kept walking. I don't think I even reacted to that. Deadpan. <laughs> Deadpan. 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 Uh, I think maybe I was like, hey, like, what do you think about doing index at some point? And I think it was kind of a similar, similar uh, deadpan. 
Um, and, um, you know, you, you came over to uh, Kleiner Perkins um, in 2017. Uh, and, you know, Kleiner is obviously an incredible storied firm. Um, I'd heard um, and, and sort of, um, you know, really uh, admired it uh, from afar for a very long time. My first foray into venture capital was at Coastal Ventures, where I worked with Vinod, so I got a, a lot of the, the history of that from him. Uh, and I was, it was, I was quite impressed, and I was like, wow, you know, here's Mamoon who built social capital and now went over to Kleiner. There's got to be something really interesting happening over there. Um, and we had this relationship where we really did truly want to work together and had a kind of incredible alignment on what we would want to build if we built a venture firm from the ground up. Um, and so I think I reached out like maybe two, three months later. Uh, and I was like, you know, tell, what's going on here? What? Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, I, I, was, I had this list of like 50 people in venture or outside of venture and uh, who I'd want to work with uh, at Kleiner as we were building the team there. And uh, quite literally, I still have the Google Doc. It's like Ilya was at the top of the list and uh, went pretty hard for several months and, you know, was fortunate to have you come over. And been working together now for five plus years. Actually, I think your your five year anniversary. Is my next five year week. anniversary is next week. Yeah. yeah, a few days after my birthday. So, you know, when you left the firm you co-founded, and yeah. uh, you really left Index, what were the big things you took away from making those moves, which you brought to the Kleiner, the new Kleiner, the things you would do and things you won't do in 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 your new company? I mean, your new yeah. partnership. Yeah, I think as Ilya mentioned, it's uh, Kleiner is a storied firm. You know, just to take everyone back to uh, when I got to Silicon Valley in 1997, I worked for a company called Xilinx. I was a, a semiconductor guy, um, and you know, I had a Sun workstation, uh, you know, running a Netscape browser. You know, Google was just about to come out, buying books on Amazon for grad school. You know, and what's the one common thing across all five of those companies? It's that they were Kleiner Perkins Series A's. So in addition to touching and feeling products that were backed by Kleiner Perkins and reading about things that you were writing about, really, like in Red Herring and the likes for you know, a young engineer who's just, like, just getting exposed to the startup ecosystem and what's so great about Silicon Valley, is, uh, was very impressionable. And uh, the, the one firm, venture capital firm, that came back over and over again was Kleiner Perkins. So it's extremely storied for me and you know, just very... Um, uh, deeply impressionable period of time for me, uh, but uh, you know, eventually, you know, get into venture and uh, spent six years at USVP and then uh, you know left to go start Social Capital. Uh, and you know, we were a startup. You know, we, we had to build a brand from nothing. We had to build systems, process. We had to convince every founder that that we were worthy of investing in their company uh, because we're nobody's, no, you know, just a new venture capital firm. And um, I think some of that startup mentality of just having uh, even like, you know, startups have a mission and have a set of values. And, you know, we had to, we, st we set, did some of that at, at Kleiner in the early days, um, you know, using more software in a more interesting way to identify companies and just even like running the firm in process and systems that are more modern. I think a lot of those things, just, you know, what you do for a new company in 2017, you know, 18, 19, we did some of those things when we came in uh, into KP. I think, you know, the big thing um, is, you know, both Social Capital and, and Index were very much, you know, at the time, uh, I think, you know, Index was actually done incredibly well, but um, at the time were challenger firms and had to do some of these novel things in order to compete because you didn't quite have 
on the ground the brand of a Kleiner Perkins. And the big you know, deciding moment for me was when we spent, spent that much of time together, there was actually a database internally at Kleiner Perkins that tracked all their deal flow. And I looked at it and I was like, wow, they've literally seen every deal I had seen, done, but like weeks or months before I had. And so the strength of that brand was, was incredible, like truly incredible, generational. Um, and if you could take a kind of a challenger mindset approach in terms of the people, the processes, the approach to um, pursuing and winning deals and, and helping companies grow, like you could really, you know, really become number one and yeah. number one too. So, you know, the Kleiner was probably the first ones into, you know, gaming. They were first ones into PC, you know, electronics arts, Compaq, Sun Microsystems, Netscape, Amazon. They've been very early in many of the trends which have become, you know, mega trillion dollar opportunities. And and like when you look at like last few years before, you know, you joined Mamoon in 2017, the firm had been through essentially a lack of clear identity. And when you went in there, like what was your thinking? Like how were you thinking about like, how do we reinvent this brand, which has been essentially the history of Silicon Valley runs through KP, right? There is hardly anyone in this room who is not being touched by something that KP has found. So how do you actually go about reinventing or, you know, building a firm for the future, which has a legacy, which is as old as Silicon Valley now? Yeah. I think after a bit of introspection, uh, we quickly established that, uh, you know, venture capitalists best done by a small group of technologists, uh, practitioners, uh, domain experts in um, in areas that we really care deeply about. And uh, we are that first call for a founder who wants to go build an incredible history-making company like the ones that have come before us. And I think uh, we built a team set up to go do that of people who'd worked uh, in exciting tech companies, less exciting tech companies, um, but, but learned from building and shipping product and selling product and so that you can have that empathy with the people that you're about to go back. And so we built the, you know, in that last several years, we built a team to support those efforts. Yeah, I mean, the theme of this talk is back to the future. And it was actually the theme of our first fundraising deck for the fund that the new team really uh, put together on the platform. Uh, and it's an homage to that introspection and understanding that these great outcomes, Amazon, Google, Netscape, into a Juniper, you know, Genentech, the list really truly goes on, uh, were all in the outcome of a, of a really small group um, of investors who could sit around one table, debate, um, have conviction, challenge conviction, reinforce conviction, and be truly great partners to each other. And in a sense, I think the, the sort of the core tenet of our view, even in the conversations we had before coming over to KP, was that venture is probably doesn't scale, actually, or is incredibly hard to scale. Uh, and it's a, an industry where more money begets more scale, but scale doesn't really work. And so you have to keep a discipline, and you have to scale in smart ways. You can scale through capital. You can scale through te supporting teams. Uh, but that core decisioning engine, the investor group, um, has to be really tight connected and ultimately has to love technology for the early stage. Right? You have to truly love, understand, believe in technology. Um, because it's not just a financial 
process, there's a financial outcome, but you're really trying to build the future, which is what Kleiner Perkins was all about yeah. in the past. So who are the other people on the team apart from the two of you? Yeah, we have great partners. We have uh, Annie Case, Bucky Moore, Josh Coyne, Everett Randall, and we have a new crop, uh, Aditya, Lucas, um, and uh, Sham. So we have a, a small group, and uh, the way we think about the composition is everybody has majors and minors, mm-hmm. right? So our major could be productivity software, Annie's major could be consumer and healthcare, uh, and then we all have minors, right? So my minor might be a little bit of fintech and a little bit of consumer, and that minor overlaps with somebody else's major so that we can be really good partners to each other, uh, and we can have that cohesive conversation um, and make a good decision, and then we can actually be supportive to each other's companies in those domains. So do you guys have, when you say back to the future, does it mean you're back to doing seed rounds and series A, or, you know, for a while, Kleiner was doing everything? Yeah, so, so we have um, uh, our core fund, uh, KP20, you know, um, it, which is our early stage fund, which does anything from seed, series A, maybe some Bs. Uh, and you know, some of this is semantics. You know, there's a number. Of, there are a number of companies that we back that are just a person and an idea. Um, is that a pre-seed, a seed, or a Series A? You know, it, it's all semantics. But we we do everything from just complete inception and incubation. Um, and then we have a what we call a select fund. And that select fund is mostly to double down into some of our most exciting early stage companies, and then also to do some net new growth investments yeah. in companies that we may have missed at the ARB. We may have seen them just whiffed and didn't invest, and then we may do those uh, at a later stage. So in the past, like, Kleiner would go, let's say, in the, on the web, they went with, like, Netscape, and then it was, before you know it, it was Amazon and, and Excite and, you know, like at home and all the way through the, the, like the infrastructure there. So it went very deep on a theme. Yeah. Are you guys going to take that similar approach, or will this be a new kind of approach at your version of Kleiner? I think um, we're, n- we're not probably as thematic or, or deliberately thematic. I think the themes kind of bubble up over time. I mean, the, the biggest theme that we probably collectively invest in um, is sort of the intersection of, of work and life and actually the overlap between work and life. The fact that you know most of us spend most of our time either working or trying to live our lives, but those lines are blurring, right? Whether you're working from home or you need better tooling uh, to do your work so that you can actually go and enjoy your life uh, and then enjoy your life in novel ways. That's kind of the thematic um, overarching uh, umbrella. And then within each theme, you know, in the enterprise software side, if you look at you know, obviously AI today or software infrastructure or data infrastructure, you can go quite deep. Uh, but I'd say we probably typically take the approach of having the founder and the team um, sort of have the, the conviction, the idea, that maybe the contrarian or non-obvious idea that they come in with. But by seeing companies, by having domain expertise, we have what we'd call a prepared mind. And that allows us to very quickly hone in on this. Is this truly novel? Is this truly transformational? Is this truly backable? Um, I'd say that's probably kind of the approach that blends um, sort of the deep historic, like let's you know go super you know far and deep on a vertical with let's you know let the the fact that there are you know ten times, hundred times more companies being started today by probably ten to a hundred times um, sort of um, more entrepreneurs um, who are more sophisticated, frankly, from the get-go. 
uh, and let us infor- inform us a little bit on that dimension. What do you guys think about the whole AI thing with the chat GPT? It's like the hard, buzzy topic. Is it part of your investment thesis? And like, what do you make of it? Well, you know, I think it's quite the seminal moment for uh, for technology to see uh, what's happened with from Dolly to Stable Diffusion and now ChatGPT and just what's OpenAI and some of the other folks are doing. So it's it truly feels um, like a seminal moment, um, you know, maybe akin to the launch of AWS in 2006 or maybe the iPhone and uh, something on that order where it, the consumer is now for the first time exposed to the the, the possibilities, the, the potential of, of AI. And, um, you know, for us, it's a bit of a continuum. You know, if you look back at our most exciting AI companies, I think they were the, probably the ones that we backed maybe three, four, five years ago that are utilizing uh, AI in very meaningful ways to do things that weren't possible before. Um, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, we have an investment in a company called Viz.ai, which we backed about five years ago that, you know, looks at CT scans of the brain and, uh, finds um, you know uh, blockages in the brain and um, exposes those to the a neurosurgeon on call within seconds of seeing that CT scan and you know getting that patient on the operating table to get stented and so you know that's been leveraging you know AI in a very deep way for, for more than five years now um, or there's on the other extreme there's companies like Coda which is one of our um, productivity software companies that's now built in GPT-4 so that you know it can help uh, the knowledge worker. You know we use Coda sort of uh, at KP to do all of our docs and and the like, and um, to, um, to to sort of accelerate the let's say idea generation or workflows uh, in our day to day. And uh, may I get more specific around what kind of workflows? But but just like helping us accelerate the kind of things we're doing with the productivity software. And you know both of us have spent our careers investing and working in productivity software and. And what AI really is doing is making us even more productive, making, making things faster, uh, things that are mundane and tedious, making those things faster and just saving us time so that, again, back to Ilya's earlier point, so we can go live our lives. So what do you make of all the hype around the negativity around AI? You guys are not too worried about it. We're, we're generally, I think whenever there's something foundational, groundbreaking, there's always going to be a cycle of negativity and hype that happened to the great consumer companies, whether it's an Airbnb or an Uber. Obviously, you're seeing that with, with Meta. Um, with every big transformational change, there's always uh, a fallout. And you know, with AI specifically, there's a significant impact on jobs, productivity, and how people actually live and, and really work. And so I think that's expected. The long-term impact, I think, is going to be tremendous. And probably what's a little bit different about AI, in our view, and reflected in the fact that kind of our best AI companies were founded a little while ago, um, is that it's almost like the introduction of electricity. Like everybody will, every business will fundamentally benefit from it, and we'll be able to leverage it. And it'll be net new businesses that are built that have novel interaction models that have novel uses, direct uses of AI. But it's also going to be traditional businesses that have massive distribution. It's going to be startups that already exist in market that can add to their arsenal of user experience and product on the AI side. So I think it's a tide that really lifts all boats. Mm. I think the, one of the things which was very common to the earlier phase of these waves was a sense of optimism which was around these technologies, whether it was the Netscape moment, or before that it was the Compaq or EA. Everybody used to get excited about all these new waves which would come. Right now we go from excitement to fear and confusion very quickly. 
How do you think about that? Like, it's considering that, you know, as VCs, the, the profession needs inherent optimism. We need yeah. to be, the world to be optimistic to kind of start new companies, right? The, the young people need to be optimistic. And yet there is a pervasive feeling of negativity around, let's say, AI. Yeah, I, th- I think we have to be techno-optimists in the jobs we do. And generally, I'm, I'm an optimistic person. Uh, so, uh, you know, we're looking for ways to say yes, not no, as one as investors, venture capitalists. Uh, and as a techno-optimist, you're like, you know, looking for hope and reason for new technologies to come, to come about and like AI and do good things for the world, uh, th- which is why, you know, I do what I do personally because I derive a lot of enjoyment, fulfillment in the potential of what technology has done over the arc of time for, for, for and, and KP specifically, the 50 years that we've been around, you can just track the breadcrumbs of all the companies that we've backed and how that's improved the livelihoods of, you know, billions of people. And um, and so so we're definitely a techno optimist here, and you know you can have the other side of the the coin here and be not so. I, maybe I'll let you take that. <laughs> I, I'm I'm a techno optimist too, so I don't, it's hard for me. But I, I'd say probably the biggest thing there, Om, is I think it's um it's it's one it's fear of the unknown and probably fear of the thing you haven't yet experienced. And so as these experiences go from, hey, you know, it's a chat GPT type of bot interaction to actually this thing helped me book my family vacation or helped me um, you know, do my work faster and it's in a product that I already understand. I think that's kind of the, the knowledge gap that you're, you're bridging. And then it, it is, the onus is on all of us to one, keep a moral compass when we invest, right? So invest in companies that are net positive uh, as much as possible. And two, um, I do think this will be a big dislocation uh, in the jobs market uh, ultimately uh, and then and finding ways to bring folks up the learning curve who might be be left a little bit behind. So can we turn actually back to you, Om? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Actually, what do you think? Like, I just I just think it's software doing software things more than anything else. But what's the harm to society? The, the there is definitely harm to society. I think there's unintended consequences of every technology. I don't think we've become very smart about thinking about those things in Silicon Valley, right? Like, we've not learned from examples like Facebook or, you know, some of the other companies which have done, you know, they may have started as optimistic, idealistic businesses, but at no point did the founders or the management consider that things could actually go wrong and they could be used for nefarious purposes, right? Like, I wrote a piece today saying that Atomic energy can destroy and it can also create, you know, plentiful energy for us to live forever. And so we just need, as humans, we are failable, not the technology. And I think so that's where I come out at. I think it's the job of technology industry to do a better job of policing itself. And I think the less we do that, the more we let other people define the destiny of a technology. And so that's where I'm at. But let's, let's talk about, given that it's only 30 seconds, I know one of your biggest uh, exits in recent times has been Adobe and Figma. Can you give us a little update on that? <laughs> yeah, no, uh, Figma, what, what an amazing company and ride. It's been uh, uh, just uh, also using a lot of AI inside of the tool. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, it's, a, it's an exciting time for Figma and uh, what's to come. Yeah, the AI inside you, Mamoon, doesn't allow you to give me the answer I want. We're, we're all optimistic. <laughs> we're all hopefully optimistic. We're, we're optimistic. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thank you, guys. Thank you, everyone.